0: Hello, and welcome to episode 347 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and we are here for, let's see, entry two in the Autumn of Adventure, or part two of Gilbert Wolf Schaefer Wolf, however you want to put it. <laughs> this is our second episode in October 2022, <laughs> uh, and we're here to discuss the 2013 adventure game The Wolf Among Us from Telltale Games, and we are uh, comprised of the same crew that, uh, you know, that was part of a pirate crew last week. Uh, myself, <laughs> Mike Salosi, alongside Hilary Andruff.
1: Hello.
0: And Jono Logan. Hey. Hilary and Jono, um... I am having a blast playing a bunch of adventure games with you this month. And the three games we are playing this month are um, The Secret of Monkey Island last week, uh, Mm -hmm. Broken Age next week, and this week, The Wolf Among Us. And so far, uh, I have had so much fun. These games are all winners, so this is going to be a positively tinged episode uh, throughout. But uh, The Wolf Among Us was our choice for this week. When we uh, started planning out how to do Adventure Games Month, we knew we wanted to do one sort of old school adventure game and one sort of new school adventure game. Those were Monkey Island and Broken Age. And then we decided on sort of what goes in between. And we ultimately decided to go with a game from Telltale. And within Telltale's oeuvre, we picked The Wolf Among Us, which is a standalone sort of Detective noir story that is set in the uh, Fables universe, which is a comic book series. Uh, and Fables has is uh, characters and creatures from fairy tales and folklore and literature all live in a in a Fables world, but uh, were ousted from that world because of a uh, uh, because of a dark calamity f- uh, fomented by someone called the adversary. And so a lot of uh, Fable creatures or you know, anyone that's of that world is called a fable, a bunch of fables living in modern day New York where they have to stay out of the public eye by donning human disguises and living in secret apartment complexes and so on. But, uh, let's talk about telltale games and the fables series and how we know each of them. Uh, uh, for starting with you, Jono, um, what's your background with telltale and fables in general?
2: Uh, I was on board with telltale real early. Um, I didn't play, uh, I didn't play Bone, their first game or their first adventure game, but I did. I picked up uh, uh, Sam and Max Season One as soon as it was released because I am a massive fan of uh, Sam and Max Hit the Road, the classic LucasArts adventure game. Uh, and from there, I followed them pretty, pretty steadily uh, through their uh, many games um, up until the Walking Dead era. Uh, I at, it was at that point that flavor of adventure game just kind of lost me to be honest it didn't really uh, stick with me the, there was there was a complete lack of I guess inventory puzzles and the game it sort of become a, it became an adventure game that was much more like visual novel plus in many ways um, so yeah I, uh, I kind of fell off telltale by that point uh, in terms of fables uh, I was a massive fan of the comic uh, when it was being published uh, or at least when the original run was being published uh, just loved them love the concept uh, read the entire series along with its sister series Jack of Fables um, and Fables has recently returned with uh, uh, it, it picked up its numbering again I think at 151 uh, and it's continuing the story so Ooh. yeah there's there's lots of Fables in the world and this was a perfect little prequel to uh, the series
1: nice and so it's good timing too
2: yeah not bad it's uh, it's
0: excellent timing for us, too, because The Wolf Among Us is getting a sequel after almost a decade of its first being good. released. Yes. So, uh, and, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, to expand on what you said about uh, Telltale Games, Jono, um, you, you were uh, right in dividing t- uh, Telltale's oeuvre into two halves. Um, it was founded in 2004 by former LucasArts developers, and from the beginning, uh, Telltale was taking other IPs uh, and making them into these... Uh, into classic style adventure games. And uh, um, before The Walking Dead in 2012, they uh, revisited a lot of LucasArts properties, including Sam and Max and Monkey Island. I think we mentioned um, uh, Tales of Monkey Island in the mm-hmm. previous episode. Yeah, okay uh, yeah, and uh, also um, games based on Back to the Future and uh, and the Strong Bad um, Flash series, which is something that is extremely specific <laughs> to my to my teenage years, I guess. But uh, but you're right; they hit more mainstream success and changed the nature of their game design a little bit with The Walking Dead, which I think was is still their most successful uh, game. That game came out in 2011 or 2012, and since then they continued making games based on other IPs, but they came more action and dialogue driven and less inventory and environmental puzzle driven so uh in, and in the wolf among us you do occasionally have items in your dialogue but they're it's they're so trivial that the dial that the inventory screen barely exists really it's a game of decision making choosing different dialogue and just the order of your decisions and those and specific decisions can affect the plot but uh I don't know, maybe not as strongly as some people want, and maybe not as adventurous as some people want, but they, but consistently, I think the good Telltale games of the 2010s do have really good dialogue and characterization and tone. The Wolf Among Us is the fourth Telltale game that I've played, uh, but it, it's, I think, Either, it's either my favorite or second favorite. And all the other ones I've played, I've really enjoyed. And because they go on sale on Steam all the time, I think I own 10 of them and have played less than half.
2: But uh, mm. also the uh, recently uh, Telltale's reformed. Uh, yes. they, they they famously went under and they've recently reformed. But a another company called, I think they're called Skunk Ape, uh, which is made up of developers that worked on uh, the Salmon Max series, they've gotten the rights to do remasters of the Telltale Salmon Max games in widescreen with remastered graphics. So if you're looking online for Telltale games and you're looking for Salmon Max, try to get the remasters because they look real good.
0: Yeah, and uh, we should mention Telltale did go under in twenty eighteen very suddenly, um, and there was even lawsuits surrounding the uh, the laying off of so of many of
2: its employees. Yeah, NoClip has a really good documentary about it on YouTube.
0: Oh yeah, no uh, NoClip does a really good job of that. No NoClip's Final Fantasy fourteen doc is so good; I've seen it multiple times. Uh, but and that's oh shoot the former the, the Irish guy that was with Di- Giant Bomb for many years. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name? Dan, uh, Dan something. Uh, I forget. I, I think I think it's Dan. Right? I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I wish I could help.
0: I can't remember. But anyway, Noclip does a very good job with uh, um, doc, um, video documentaries on YouTube surrounding video game development. But uh, yeah, Telltale did fold in 2018, laid off a lot of people, then semi-reformed to release the rest of its old games, and were hiring former uh, Telltale developers and others uh, to finish the projects they were working on, including Wolf Among Us 2. And it's unclear exactly what the future of Telltale is going to be, but the uh, Wolf Among Us Two is it, like I think its success will you know maybe determine how uh, how further that company can still go. Uh, and uh, but but before uh, we move on, I do want to mention I have read a little bit of the Fables comics, not as much as Jono has, but I have the tr- uh, trade pre- paperbacks of the first two collections which is probably uh 10 to 12 issues and i thought it was really really good uh, and the, the first one is mostly about bigby wolf snow white and snow white sister rose red uh rose red is mentioned in this game but doesn't mm-hmm. really show d- doesn't really show up mm-hmm. but uh, uh hillary we haven't gotten to you yet um what's your background with telltale and fables or both
1: um i'll start with fables because that's pretty simple it's been highly highly recommended to me especially recently um I haven't had a chance to start the comics yet though but it sounds right up my alley and I enjoyed the game a lot so I think I'm gonna have to read them now uh as far as Telltale you know I've kind of been following their games reading a little bit about them trying them here and there I've tried to play a few of them and whether because I was busy, or they just didn't quite hold my interest. Four of them aside, and finished them in varying degrees. Wolf Among Us is one I did finish, though, um, and I enjoyed it a lot.
2: Yeah, they uh, Telltale started to lose me when they introduced their new uh, when they introduced tank controls into their games, uh, and <laughs> they, they had a bunch of different methods. Like Tales of Monkey Island was a great Monkey Island game, but their method of controlling it was no longer driven by uh, your mouse. It was no longer really Point and click but you kind of dragged a uh, guy brush around using the mouse and it was similar in uh, in uh, Sam and max season 3 the devil's uh, the devil's uh, playhouse and then they started moving into more tank controls like well big B in this game yep <laughs> and it's a little awkward but you know it, it works I guess but it's a little awkward
0: yeah I just went into my steam inventory because I, I have all of my telltale games on PC. Uh, I own thirteen of them and that is definitely because I tried out Walking Dead season one on a whim and really liked it and then sort of would wish list all of them and buy them when they were on crazy sales in one of the holiday sales and mm-hmm. they went on sale a lot <laughs> so i mm-hmm. so I have thirteen of them and uh, now I've played four which is a pretty low ratio but uh, I've enjoyed all four that I've played so there's there's even though it, they're not exactly the kind of adventure game that everyone loves from whatever era of adventure games is your favorite They're, they sort of are their own kind of game that was really hot for a while mm-hmm. uh and yep, very and, much and uh i think the walking dead season one is still their most popular game but uh the ones i've played are really good uh and the wolf among us is might be the one of the best ones so let's get into the game proper sure. um the game okay. uh, yeah first released in october 2013 over five episodes uh with each episode coming out every between two and four months with the final with the finale coming out in july 2014 and each episode is between one hour and uh, and one and a half hours or so is my my estimation. I think that the the last one's the shortest one, and uh, was a little bit frustrating uh, to wait for people to wait at the time because again, four months for what amounts to short stories could be a little frustrating. I, I remember people being a little bit annoyed at uh, the delay in um, Telltale games coming out uh, as they were coming out, um, and uh, which I think and I think it helped me a little bit that every every single Telltale game I've played. I uh, played in this in all at once after all five uh, after all five episodes had released. Right, and and I, I think you know for how I play games that that's uh, probably the right move because if if I had to wait four months for episode two of the Wolf Among Us, I would have forgotten some character names from the first one.
1: I'm yeah, and I'm thinking back, you know, at least for a couple of the ones I tried, I think that's exactly what happened. I I like okay, I'll try this. Played an episode and then forgot or had other stuff to prioritize it, it, it's like all of us um
0: uh i mean people our age people that have grown up over the last uh 10-15 years um we're a lot of people a lot of people are moving away from broadcast television into streaming services and uh, there's less patience for waiting for an episode of television every week or or longer When we're used to having uh, a streaming service give us large chunks or entire
2: seasons of television at once. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. There is a, I mean, the the episodic release model that Telltale and some other companies were pioneering uh, debuted at the same time that Netflix was pioneering the uh, binge drop of an entire season. It's interesting that there was that divergence between video games and television at the time.
0: And it's, it's still evolving um, how uh, the delivery system of, of uh, streaming services works. Like uh, Netflix has been dropping Stranger thi- Things in half seasons. And uh, Amazon has its biggest shows. They usually give uh, a first half season or three episodes all at once and then do one a week until the end of the run. And now uh, television seasons of things on, uh, on streaming services are usually in the eight to 15 episode range instead of the classic broadcast television of 20 to 25 episodes. So there's because there's like the concept of channel surfing isn't as present anymore and is more about sort of just content delivery and chunks. It's
2: syndications long gone. So yeah. Yeah.
0: And syndication is not what it used to be at all. Uh, And, and now like, Now, instead of syndication, it's uh, streaming services buying up the catalog of of popular TV shows and, you know, like HBO and Netflix bidding on who gets to show every season of Friends. It's Hmm. like like, television watching has changed over the past 15 years or so, and episodic gaming has sort of like like started and changed around the same time. And Telltale was right at the middle of it because they were releasing episodic uh, game episodes in the middle of all of this. And I think that, uh, and, and even if you look at your steam library or similar, they used to have each game episode released as, a, as an individual like release. Like I'm looking at here and I have uh, a and max uh, separated into five mini episodes, but games that came later like Batman and the walking dead, are all just a single game, and then the episodes fill out within that. It's it's just just, the interface is a little easier to deal with. The point I'm making is Telltale was pioneers of this episodic game format, as Jono mentioned, but even they were changing how they were delivering their episodes as they were getting more popular.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, and uh, what really is astounding about Telltale, especially considering how they went under and the level, the the spectacular nature of how they went under, is when you look at... They never really created any of their own properties. They created... There was a classic point-and-click adventure game they created called, I think, Hector Badge of Carnage, which was fine. Yeah, and Hector and
0: Puzzle Agent are their Puzzle only original Agent, yeah. games. Everything Puzzle else,
2: Agent everything else, yeah, yeah, everything else is a borrowed or, or you know, le- legally leased IP. Yeah, yes. but when you look at the legally leased IP, I mean, they created even in the early days they got Bone, which is one of my favorite comic books of all time, Sam and Max, which is one of the greatest adventure game properties of all time a strong bad so homestar runner which at the time was massive huge yep. Huge. i i
0: love old school homestarrunner.com oh, i was it's, it's it, terrific when i was in high school they would every week there was a new strong bad email we would gather around one yep. of the one of the band room computers and watch it together
2: yeah uh i would love you would love to have uh strong bad as a guest on uh, retro encounter uh <laughs> that would be strong good. bad looking for his email i hope it's from a female um but then they got like movie properties like they created full-scale sequels to back to the future in jurassic park they got law and order they got the walking dead the wolf among us is actually probably I thought, I thought
0: they were i thought they had csi not long no on the law and order
2: uh, i think they got csi later maybe oh maybe they got both um, they i'm trying right. to remember off the top of my head but then if you look at what they got after uh the walking dead which was massive and you know it made them like they got batman they got yep. uh they got marvel with uh with uh guardians, guardians of, the of the galaxy yep they got uh like, the properties that these people were playing with were massive. They had Game of Thrones, for God's sake, yeah. in, the, in the height of Game of Thrones popularity. So the fact that they went under with this much, uh, with, with this many just solid gold IPs is a little stunning. I mean, I know why they did. When you look into it, they were overextended and a lot of other things, and the quality was really suffering. But it's still kind of jaw dropping.
0: Yeah, it's they went for really mega popular franchises that fit very well with players of games that uh, bought on digital storefronts. Like, lest we forget, The Walking Dead was the most popular television show on TV for a couple of years
1: in the t- in the 2010s.
2: Mm-hmm. And, right, uh, and
1: and also a comic, which is something they were. Used to yeah, doing. the Walking
2: Dead comics is fantastic. The comic is better than the TV show, and yeah, opinion, if anything, really um,
1: yeah, Fables
0: is way more niche than the other properties they were going for in the right. 2010s. But mm-hmm. they, but in general, they were tar- targeting um, franchises that like players of a, of online services would really, really go for. And I think that almost all of their choices were good, but it reached some breaking point where. Uh, the acquisition of those licenses was too expensive for how much they were selling, and then so they went into uh, they went into they went into some kind of equity firm that did completely uh, tore their company apart in 2018. I don't I, I don't I don't know all of the business decisions that went into that, but it, it's very messy. There was a lot of uh, labor lawsuits in the state of California.
2: It reminds me a lot of like a like any kind of franchise that starts out gets really really popular, starts overextending itself. Like they're the Quiznos of games. <laughs> like, Quiznos is, in my opinion, it was like the best sandwich restaurant. I loved Quiznos. And, you know, it started out and there was like one location. Then there was a location everywhere. And then there were no locations.
1: <laughs> it suddenly disappeared.
2: It suddenly disappeared because they overextended themselves and the franchise just crashed and burned. And this kind of reminds me of that. Oh, man. So w- what's in this metaphor? What is them
0: coming out with The Walking Dead and reaching mainstream success? Is that around the chicken carbonara sub? I was
2: always a fan of their uh, their uh, beef. Their uh, or their steak sandwich because it was it was marinated in delicious stuff and it had really good onions with it. All right, I I don't
0: know the Quiznos menu deeply enough to make <laughs> the, to to make the exact right choice here. Maybe it's time to talk about the Wolf Among Us some more. Probably a good idea. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so anyway, it starts out with a uh, Big B Wolf, which uh, I mean it's spelled B I G B Y, but it's obviously Big B as in Big Bad Wolf. Uh, who take who in his human form is basically a a uh, sort of a rough. Around the Edge's gruff detective, um, who is the sheriff of Fable Town. Uh, he sort of resolves the disputes and uh, and crimes and uh, and wrongdoing among the fables to, to keep order. Uh, there's uh, a lot of different communities where the fables live in New York. There's a, uh, a luxury apartment complex called the Woodlands, where a lot of them live. and uh, The better uh, off. Yeah, the, sort of the better mm-hmm. off fables live. And others live in various slummy apartments and uh and and dingy dingier parts of of the city and uh and there's a little bit of haves versus have-nots where the people that were able to escape to new york with a lot of their uh wealth intact are able to live in the woodlands while others that are struggling um don't, don't get enough attention and protection from uh the from big b or the business office the business office sort of like it handles the the, the money issues of the various fables and it's run by old king cole who is a uh, who is who is not in this game? He's uh, on on va- on vacation or hiatus. The mayor and of Fabletown, yeah, exactly. The mayor of Fabletown, and in his uh, in his place, the deputy mayor Mayor Ichabod Crane is in charge with his assistant Snow White. Ichabod Crane is from uh, Sleepy Hollow, the story of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving, and uh, uh, Snow White is obviously from the fairy tale of her own name. So uh, it's it starts out with Bigby just. Uh, uh he gets a call from mr toad from the wind in the willows uh who is (laughs) who is a superintendent of a of an apartment complex where the woodsman is have it appears the beginning to be having a fight with his girlfriend and this woodsman is none other than the same woodsman that uh that cut open big bad wolf's stomach in the little red riding hood so again there's going to be a lot of these cross literature references happening throughout (laughs) i hope it doesn't get too confusing but uh, it, it starts out with pretty action packed. You have to do a, uh, the woodsman's drunk. He's uh, uh, he is um, involved in a domestic dis- dispute with a young woman that mi- appears to be his girlfriend, but is you know, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And right away uh, you have to go into some quick time events to dodge his axe attacking you. Uh, yep. And so uh, Hillary, you mentioned in an episode a little while ago on, uh, on gaming accessibility, that quick time events can be a bit of a limiting factor uh, for people that are trying to, you know, in, enjoy a story-based game. And the, the quick time events in this game aren't very forgiving. They're, it's No, the, the timing
1: uh, threw me off.
0: The, the timing is not always easy to deal with. And um, I don't think there's any pure fail state in this game, or at least I never, I never ran there into one. There is game. One. There are game overs. There are. Okay. Maybe, maybe you can maybe, die. Maybe, Oh, you can't die. I never, it never happened to me, but maybe you probably have to fail a bunch of them.
1: I intentionally went looking for some by not reacting to things. And I got a couple.
0: Okay. I, I, fortunately, I don't think I was able to have my, uh, anything go against what I wanted to do by getting dinged a couple times with quick time events. But this game is full of a lot of them and they aren't necessarily easy ones. And it opens with a fight against the woodsman right away. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh after that fight the young woman with him is named Faith you get uh, you end up thrown out of the building um you the woodsman's axe ends up buried in the woodsman's skull but because fables are near immortal uh, he recovers from that injury in a day or so
1: and you <laughs> uh, ruin uh, Mr. Toad's car
0: Yeah you land right on Mr. Toad's car like the like the Cresta in Great Teacher Onizuka
2: my my OGs know what I'm talking about here Something from the comics <laughs> that is implied in this game but is not in it is a fable is only as immortal or indestructible as their popularity as a fable. Right. So, I think there
1: are a couple like hints, vague hints at that in the game.
2: Yeah. So like, they, yeah, fables are traditionally way more, way more tough and they take a longer time to die. But like resurrections in the comic do actually happen uh, for some of the more popular fables. Um, so like th- this isn't in the game, but if like, I don't know uh Cinderella who's not in this game, if Cinderella was murdered, there's a good chance that she would return very quickly because her uh, level of popularity is massive in the world of the Mondies. Um But less popular fables can die, especially if their fairy tales have been forgotten by the uh, the population amass.
1: You know what it was that made me think about that is actually the the little like character blow around the woodsman. Because they were really focusing in on the fact that like no one could remember his name and he was sort of being forgotten,
0: mm-hmm. and that's because I mean in in the Little Red Riding Hood story, his name is never really mentioned, right. so he's a. Uh he's he's more known as the woodsman than by any other yep. name and and we should mention that in this universe the big bad wolf is both the wolf from R- little red riding hood and the wolf from the three little pigs yep uh and and uh and in the story of fables it's not really mentioned very clearly in this game that his mother was a she-wolf and his father was the north wind of greek myth which gives him his uh his uh powerful lungs and ability to blow houses down uh, and and later on uh someone insults uh him by saying that his his mother was, you know, a, a a slut that let the wind in, or something, or
2: things, something of that nature. It's a it's a touchy point for uh, Bigby. Yes,
0: yes. So Bigby does not have a great relationship with uh, either of his parents, or um, well, his uh, mother's he, dead. Yeah, he has, his mother's passed away, and he does not have a good relationship with his father, I should say. But uh, anyway, I, I thought that was a nice twist of like ex- uh, also to
2: semi-explain his his uh, mighty lungs, as it were.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it
2: was, and I think that uh, get the woodsman getting an axe to the back of the head. Ignoring the whole popularity of fables thing, that was a really great story. Why a story way of explaining just how tough fables are as compared to the average human being? <laughs> yeah, agreed. But anyway,
0: after the woodsman walks off his injuries, uh, 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 Bigby talks with the young woman with him. Faith, uh, she has a ribbon around her neck. She makes it clear that she's a working girl, a a, a prostitute working at one of the local fable run uh, strip clubs, and strip uh, club, yeah and they have a uh, they they have a, a nice moment you have a you generally big B is uh is is uh what's the word i'm looking for sympathetic for her you can offer her uh, her some of the money that you have on you um but, and and they and they depart amicably but uh, a, a little bit later um, uh, Bigby goes back to his apartment. He talks to one of the pigs that uh, he destroyed the house of many years ago. <laughs> and Colin, uh, and, yeah, <laughs> Colin. I, I think <laughs> I, I think they mentioned in the codex that he that his was the house made of straw. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah, he's the
0: yeah.
2: he's the lazy one. <laughs> the, 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 the,
0: the, the first of the three little pigs. Ah, and he, that um,
1: explains why he's listed as a couch surfer.
0: So a- after his encounter with Colin, uh, uh, the, the following morning he gets an emergency call from Snow White. And uh, the young woman that he met the night before, her head separated from her body, is on the doorstep of uh, the Woodlands Apartments. And the and the rest of the tone of the whole game becomes who killed Faith. There's a serial killer among the fables. We need to solve this mystery immediately.
1: Yeah, it becomes a gritty, kind of yeah. whodunit sort of story. Uh-huh. And then, sort of back to back
0: to back, you um, you meet Bluebeard, who is a wealthy member of the apartments. He, he was he's a he's a fairy tale pirate from a uh from his from his story.
1: Right. And he it, they make it super clear that he is someone who retained their wealth and largely funds the business office.
0: Yeah, he he's gunning for leadership of all of Fable Town. He wants either Crane or old King Cole's job, but uh but has not been successful there yet. You meet Crane who's a who's a bit of a snivelling um uh, money grumbling owner of the business office who's who's You're not yeah, but he's he's a bureaucrat that's not very helpful to the to the residents. Snow yep. White's very, very hard working, but uh she's not really respected by Crane or Bluebeard and um is having a, a difficult time doing the best she can. But she gets um, along well with Big B. Yeah, no, she gets along well with Bigby. They they sort of like each other, I think, and um and probably not romantic, but maybe future romantic way. But I'm I'm always I'm always seeing hearts in my eyes and romance where there <laughs> isn't romance. So I'm am am a bad person to ask about that kind of thing. Um, but uh, Bigby and Snow White are sort of uh, become partners to try and solve the mystery of who the killer is, and. Uh, and so you go around looking, um, you, you realize that the young woman for the night before was uh, named Faith. She's uh, a, uh, from a little known fable called princess donkey skin, who was able to escape her, the clutches of her father and marry a, a man named Prince Lawrence by wearing a magic uh, cloak made of donkey skin. And, uh, and near the end of the, of the chapter, you get a call from Mr. Toad again, that there's something going on at his place. And also uh, you want to investigate um, Faith's apartment. Uh, You go, you can go to one or the other in either order, but you end up exploring both.
1: Right. And the the situation is pretty tense. And I actually want to mention this because this is, I think, a good example of like a serious telltale decision is where do you go first? Because you have a limited time and things will change a little bit. You'll get dialogue, you'll get different things based on your choice to some degree, um, and this is the first one of those, because you see in the magic mirror that stuff is going down at Faith's apartment. Prince Lawrence um, looks like he could be in serious trouble. But then Mr. Toad on the phone also sounded like he could be in serious trouble. So you have to decide where to go first.
0: Right. And uh, um, I believe Prince Lawrence survives if you go to his place first, but passes away due to the blood loss if you go to his place second. Yep. And, uh, and uh-huh. Lawrence does show up in future ta- chapters if he survives. I-, I went to his place first. Uh, so that that does matter a little bit, but u- ultimately, in both locations, uh, you realize that uh D or Tweedledum, who are sort of a uh, hitman or fixers for a certain other character, I believe uh, the term ha- is private detectives. Sure, private detectives <laughs> in quotes. <courts. laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you encounter one or both of them in either in either location, and there's a chase sequence with more quick quick time events. Uh, but this, the chapter ends after you talk to Toad and Lawrence, and/or Lawrence, and confront the Tweedles. You go back to the Woodlands, and there's another head at the doorstep again. But this time, it's Snow White's. And and this between the action sequences and the investigation and the introduction to all these major characters, I'm just gonna say it. But I think Part One is the best chapter in this game, <laughs> just because it is such a dramatic. Semi-violent, a lot of stuff happening at once, fascinating introduction to this world. I think it's the strongest chapter. I mean, the entire series is good, but it, there's an incredibly good first impression after finishing part one. I, I and a big cliffhanger. It. Yeah, and, and a cliffhanger, and it's one of the longer chapters as well. Like It's, yep. it, it, it's great. I think, um, I, I, again, I like the whole story, but
2: part one might be my favorite. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on that? It does an extremely good job at introducing a vast number of characters who are in this game. Like some of the characters that we didn't even talk about there were uh, Beauty and the Beauty Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. yeah. They
1: live in the woodlands.
2: Yep. yep. Uh, we talk, uh, Gren, uh, Holly.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. Gren is short for Grendel.
2: Grendel from I th- I think, uh, Beowulf. I, think you don't, I don't think you meet Grendel or Holly until the next chapter. Oh, no. Chapter. You, you're
1: right. You go to the trip, tra- trip
2: yeah, yeah. trap
1: at the beginning of chapter two, I think. No, yeah. you don't. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: No, they at the it's at the end of chapter one because you have a choice between capturing the woodsman or capturing Tweedle D. Oh my gosh! You're, you're, right. Right. Yes, yeah, yes, you're right. Yes, yes, yes. Right. You're right. Yeah. As so, you're right. Walking, even right. even
0: more happened in chapter one than I remember.
2: Oh yeah, right. it's loaded. Uh, you're that's the you have to make a choice. You're at this bar and there's the woodsman and the woodsman is there and you're interviewing the woodsman uh, and going to arrest him and take him back to uh, and take him back to the apartment. But then Tweedle walks in and you have to choose between capturing Tweedledee D or the woodsman, right, and that and that that starts the opening of part two, which is there's an interrogation.
1: Yes, thank you.
2: Yeah,
0: it's in it's in the basement of the woodlands. Uh, let's go into part two now, where uh, Bluebeard and Big B and later uh, Crane all go in, and you're interrogating either Tweedledee or the woodsman. Um. The woodsman uh, doesn't have as much information for you. He in- insists that he didn't kill uh, Snow or Faith. He, he in fact, uh, he in fact, quite ha- was fond of Faith. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, it, it looks like that the woodsman was a solicitor of the uh, prostitutes at the at the pudding and pie. So he 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 knows multiple ones of them, and and, and was probably fond of uh, maybe even multiples of them. Because it mentions that he that he knew Lily as well, who was uh, who is uh, the second victim here, because, uh, and I should say the second victim is Lily, and not Snow White, because it's very clear at the end of that interrogation of either Dee or the Woodsman, Snow White steps into the room, and everyone's shocked, because, again, the, it looked like Snow White's head was the second victim, but then they learned that uh, the, the second victim was Glamoured again, basically a witch spell that allows a fable to take on a human form, and uh, yep. uh, the, the victim was actually a troll named Lily, who is the sister of Holly, the bartender at the, uh, at, at the trip trap. Um, but she was glamored to look like Snow White for reasons unclear at this time. And it's a little bit disturbing to everyone in the room, especially Snow. But uh yep that they continue on to investigate this um you visit the the pudding and pie where uh both Faith and Lily were uh were working girls um you can choose to uh what, what else goes here uh you you have to confront Holly and tell her about the death of her sister after you had that really uncomfortable confrontation with her where you uh, where you fight grendel and and possibly also the uh, the woodsman at the trip trap in chapter 1 um and this whole time I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is because I'm a weak-willed man. But the, like my motivation for Bigby's tone was to be—I was trying to be really nice to women and children, and be violent with whatever person I was fighting, depending on how mad I was at them. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was always trying, like like uh, when when Beauty asks you to. Uh, to not tell Beast where she's going at night in chapter one, I I kept the secret for her. I was very nice to Faith and gave her money. Yep. I, was as, I was I was as kind as I possibly could be to TJ, uh, Mr. Toad's yeah, son. Yeah, Mr.
1: Toad's little son. Yeah, yeah.
0: TJ <laughs> is a very very cute little Toad boy. Uh, <laughs> but I did not have much patience for Crane or Bluebeard at all, or the Woodsman at all. <laughs> I was I was probably, but I eventually felt bad for the Woodsman by chapter four or five, and 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 sort of was much kinder to him, by which point him and Bigby were almost bros at the end.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I I definitely made myself bros with the woodsman. I don't know if I just like couldn't help it because I thought it was entertaining, you know, because of their fable origins, like...
0: Yeah, but but also I did I was extremely mean to Georgie and Jersey Devil later in the game, and right. to, and, and to D, um, <laughs> and and, and I, I did not rip off Grendel's arm, which was a pretty gruesome
2: choice. But I didn't I wasn't the kindest to him either. <laughs> uh, for me, it's it's so interesting the way that I played this game because I like I know what happens to all these characters because I've read the comic and I have very definite opinions about who these people are based on that and who specifically Bigby is. So the way that I played it is, and this isn't a spoiler or anything, it's that Big B is, you know, completely and utterly uh, devoted to Snow White, regardless of how Snow feels about him. Just incredibly devoted to her. Um, In the comics, Snow is the one who uh, gave him the ability to turn into a human being. Uh, And they have a history together besides that. So Mm. he's in love with her. So when the entire game, I kept, I, my north star was always is this what Snow would want? Will Snow, Snow, Snow will be remember angry? that? Snow
1: appreciates I, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I
0: was trying to be on Snow's side and Beauty's side, and to mm-hmm. maybe lesser degree the uh, the the prostitute side multiple times in this uh, <laughs> in,
2: in this in, in this game. But the uh, that was another thing that I was trying to keep in mind. This is this is the really good part about uh, this era of Telltale gaming, which is uh, there's a lot of role playing like you get to be these characters and you get to make choices that uh, in some cases don't even develop the plot in different ways, but just very much uh, the experience of it uh, is very personalized. So also mm-hmm. my other reason why uh, my, because very much like you my big beat was uh, very, very patient and caring and protective of uh, the women. And in the back of my mind, my, Rationale was when you think about all of the the big bad wolf and the big bad wolf's history that I feel like Big B is trying to atone for his actions, like with Red Riding Hood mm. and and that. So it's he is trying to protect uh, these women uh, rather than you know, well, eat them. I guess you could say uh, as he would have when he was uh, in his in his fairy tale days.
1: I think at times I just kind of wanted to be as nice as possible to whoever was having the hardest time because things are really rough for most of these fables. Like it is, it is not a kind world to them at all. And just to step back for a minute, um, speaking about glamours, uh, there's one location that we didn't mention yet and that's the farm. And it's kind of like part of Bigby's job is enforcing and making sure that, um, fables that, can't maintain human shape or can't blend in in new york have to be at the farm which is this other location i think it's supposed to be in upstate new york yeah
0: it's supposed to be in a remote part of upstate Mm -hmm. new york and um and colin the the pig we mentioned earlier has escaped the farm to visit new york multiple times because he just has an unusually difficult time getting a glamour and maintaining it and uh and part of bigby's conflict with mr toad earlier is that mr toad can't afford a glamour for him and his kid uh, even even if you give him a lo- uh, money later in the <laughs> later in the game, he he still can't get a glamour. Still a toad. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and 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 gl- uh, glamours can only be provided by witches. And there's even black market glamours that uh, that f- uh, show up in this game. It looks like that uh, uh, Lily the troll used a black market off yep. uh, like off the beaten path glamour to become uh, to appear like Snow White. And tracking down the witch that gave that glamour is part uh, of the investigation in chapter three or four. But uh, yeah, we we can. Uh, I guess let's keep moving on a little bit. Uh, it looks like all of us were mostly having a, a a good guy, big B wolf that was trying to be as nice as possible to Snow. Like like my 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 uh, hierarchy of the people I was trying to be nicest to was probably Snow number one, TJ number two, Beauty number three, and then down and then Holly number four because I think Holly's had a really unfair go. Yes, of it. poor Holly.
1: She's Me too just, um,
0: she, her sister's dead her uh her husband her bar gets, gets trashed Yeah, her bar gets trashed over and over um grendel doesn't make things easier for her uh i i i really felt for holly in this game and i was i was trying to be as respectful as i could be to her even though uh you were not put in a good position to be uh, to, to you know to be on holly's good side but uh anyway i'm continuing the investigation um, you check Lily's autopsy. You use the magic mirror again. You go to the Pudding and Pie strip club run by Georgie Porgy uh, again. Georgie Porgy, Pudding and Pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. Um, who's a uh, who's, who's basically a uh, basically a, a rude, foul-mouthed pimp um, who employs fables in his uh, in his strip club. Um, you meet Nerissa, who is uh, uh, the Little Mermaid from the from the uh, from that story. And Nerissa gives you a tip that she uh, knew where. Um, Lily was taking her previous client, and gives you, uh, and if you can pay for it, she, you, uh, you get a key to the building where that, uh, where that meeting took place. Um, you find that Beauty is not, uh, is not a prostitute, but is working at the front desk of the motel where the prostitutes take their clients, and she's trying to hide it from Beast. Again, you can try to keep that from Beast or not. You, uh, you investigate the motel room find the room where Lily was deceased and beast catches you there. Cause he followed beauty to her job and there's a brief fight scene against him, but they, they, they mostly are understanding about it. If you're, if you're at least reasonable with trying to explain that, no, you're not having an affair with beauty. Again, I, I felt for beauty and beast in this game. I tried to, I tried to help them as much as I could. Mm-hmm. even though they're basically rich kids that did that aren't as good at, on their own as they were in Fairy Tale land. Yeah.
2: That's basically who they are in the comics as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I think I did meet one of them in the comics, but again, I didn't, I didn't get terribly far reading the uh, original fables comics, but uh, you find the room that Lily died in. It's full of blood. Um, you, you find that she was wearing, a, she was basically cosplaying a snow white for a, for a customer that was obsessed with snow white and glamoured to look like her with a with a dress and a bed with flowers and glass and a glass top over it and everything. An a, apple. Yeah, an, an apple with a bite taken out of it. There's a uh, y- there's a lot of blood because this uh, room hasn't been cleaned up. But like uh, Beast keeps watch while you and Beauty uh, check out the room, and you're ev- you eventually find a photograph uh, or a collection of photographs that um, indicate that Snow White was clearly being stalked, and her stalker, who was who hired Lily for this liaison. Was Ichabod Crane Snow White's boss? Ew, very gross. And that's the cliffhanger mm-hmm. at the end of chapter two. Chapter three is just we need to chase down Crane the hell right now. And uh, Snow, <laughs> Bigby, and Bluebeard are sort of divided as to which areas you can investigate. Uh, and you, know, you can investigate investigate the, the the Tweedle's office, Ichabod's apartment, or uh, oh, what's the last one? Or, or i, th- I think or the, is the it, bar. Is it is it, is the it yeah, bar yeah you go back uh, yeah. to the trip trap yeah back to the trip trap again <laughs> to, to
2: look at what lily uh, lily's uh
1: things to get her yeah. things yes
0: yeah but um before you do that uh you you uh inform snow white that uh crane is a creep and you do, and that takes place at lily's funeral and It doesn't go well at all. Uh, uh, Even if you are as respectful and careful as possible, Holly gets mad at you. Snow White's probably a little mad at you. And you're accosted by Tweedledee and Tweedledum who, like, bring shotguns to the wedding, which is, I'm sorry, shotguns to the funeral. A shotgun wedding is something entirely different. That's my mistake. (laughs) But they do bring shotguns to a funeral. Still pretty not appropriate funeral
2: composure, I think. A shotgun funeral is what happens after an unsuccessful shotgun wedding. Oh, yikes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, then, no. then how
0: does what's a, what's a shotgun wake like is that is, is, that sounds way less fun than a regular you don't, don't want
1: to know yeah you, you know don't what know. Not, i
0: know uh, i i've never been to one so i shouldn't make assumptions but yeah after this shotgun funeral is when you get to decide which area to investigate uh i ended up going to the tweedles office and then uh the bar because at the tweedles office they give they uh uh you find the name of the witch that probably created the snow white glamour and then at the bar, I, I I looked for Lily's appointment book, which gave me an, an address from some uh, initials. So it, it ended up working out for me. Did any of you um uh, go to the apartment or do things in a different order?
2: Uh, I did mine in the reverse order, actually. I did the bar and then I did uh the office okay. uh, and ran into Flycatcher there. Was Flycatcher there on yours? Yes, yep. he's there with mine. And I, and I, I
0: offer him a job, which, yeah. uh, which, he, which he appreciates. <laughs> Flycatcher is just an unlucky guy. That's, that's
2: a little bit naive. Mm-hmm. And again becomes like knowing what happens with flycatcher it's it's kind of a treat seeing him um in those stories the flycatcher flycatcher is uh the frog uh that turns into a prince
0: oh okay Aww. that makes sense yeah, he has he has a frog motif hat but otherwise' <laughs> he has just an sort
1: adorable of, frog hat
2: yeah but but he
0: <laughs> but he's otherwise just a, a lanky guy who's trying to make it as a janitor in, in various places. Yeah, the, his
2: his backstory is ridiculously tragic. Like when he was escaping the adversary, his wife he was he was a prince, but his wife and children were all brutally murdered by the adversary. He was the only one to make it out alive. Oh, and God. listeners, I'm I'm, I'm not going to say who the
0: adversary is because that's one of the biggest surprises in all of the fables comics. Oh yeah, I'm not going to say. But, but it is a uh, it is a fable slash folklore slash fairy tale character who is in at least one Disney movie. I will say, but it, it's a very cool surprise who the adversary actually is.
2: whoever it is it would be they never could have did this but when i was first reading it i was like you know it'd be the funniest answer if the adversary was actually walt disney himself (laughs) (laughs) that would have been amusing and it's
0: that's not who it is of course but it is it is a surprise that i i think was um a, a genuine shock when i learned about it and i didn't learn about it through the comics i didn't get far enough but i had it spoiled for me on like a list of Probably something like IGN's top 100 comic book villains ever. Yeah. But then, but then after I learned from even learning it that way, it's like holy shit! This is they went they really went for it here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, uh, back to back to Wolf Among Us. Yeah, Hill, what order you do? What did uh, you do it in?
1: I went to the trip trap first, um, and then I went to the office. And I think there was a little bit of like clever clever design going on there because the items you find, y- you need both, and you can necessarily shift the order so. It's kind of neat they made that work out.
0: The the appointment book and the name of the witch are the two items that you get. And getting them in either order makes sense for it to work. I mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I guess none of us went to the apartment, so I don't know exactly how that could go.
2: I tried it. It's 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 actually very interesting because I I uh, after I finished that section, I rewound and did and did it again because I was curious what the outcome would be. Uh, it depends if you go to the uh, if you go to Crane's apartment first, uh, then uh, Bluebeard goes somewhere else. I'm not sure, but uh jack a jack of fables who jack and the beanstalk fame uh is breaking into crane's apartment and you get information out of him about uh who the witch is and then you can continue however if you go to the bar first or the office first and then you go to crane's apartment there's going to be no useful information there because bluebeard will have burned it all in the fireplace
1: yep and that's so, okay. how i found things Oh yeah, Bufkin was also there.
2: Yeah, Bufkin is uh, one of the flying monkeys from uh, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and he's the librarian at the business
0: office in, in Fable Town.
2: And he has a drinking problem. All
0: correct. But uh, anyway, you you get the name of the witch and her address from this investigation, or uh, hopefully you do, if, you, as, if you, as long as you don't go to the apartment second. And uh, you, you can uh, confront the witch, Auntie Greenleaf, at her apartment. She's under... she's in a disguise pretending to be a little girl, but you solve that mystery pretty quickly and uh, confront her uh, with the information of these murders. She's they know you you know that she's not the killer, but she's definitely a person of interest.
2: Yeah. And uh, you also have another uh, inflection point here, which is she has a tree that she, this is the tree that she uses to make the glamours. And it's not, she's not just making glamours for whatever is going on here with the prostitutes. She's also making glamours for any, Uh, fable who cannot afford a glamour at the prices that are charged by the witches of the uh, 13th floor. Yes. Um, So the official channels. The official channels. So you have a number of choices here. Snow, if Snow is with you, uh, I think Snow has to be with you, right? Yeah. Um, She wants to Mm -hmm. burn the tree. She wants to destroy the tree, um, which is an ancestral tree that's literally thousands of years old and magic. Uh, Big B can either do it or he can uh, shoot it down, or uh, I, I miss this cho- uh, this choice. Apparently, you can also try to make her an offer to join the witches on the thirteenth floor. Yeah, this is like
0: the only time in the game where I didn't go with what Snow White wanted. I mm-hmm. I, I didn't maybe it's the environmentalist in me, I guess, but I didn't I did I refused to burn down the tree. I, I don't think I I offered Greenleaf a job, but I was you know in generally generally supported not
2: burning the tree down and and uh, and forcing Snow White to deal with this later. Well, I actually, I thought this was a really cool moment uh, for Snow White because up until this point, Snow White has been uh, a pretty well Snow White heroine, like super nice uh, to everybody, really understanding, really kind of the angel on Bigby's shoulder the entire time. Yeah,
1: he- uh, tries to appeal and be nice to Holly when Holly's going yeah. through thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Generally,
0: a voice of reason and a voice of good, and yep. but but uh, she breaks from that trend in, in this moment
2: she does. And it's at this point where I think you start to see just how, uh, I don't mean this necessarily in the political sense. So there's no political reactionary and conservative. She is like, she is a very good person, but for her, the rules are there for a reason. And if the rules are broken, the perpetrator must be dealt with. Um, and she's also dealing with a lot of personal issues. Like it's really dark, uh, but like the character of snow white in the comics and it's hinted at here comes from a, a absolutely horrific, a backstory of sexual violence, uh, and, uh, slavery. Um, and because of that, discovering that Ichabod Crane was using her image in his, uh, fantasies is genuinely horrible at like more horrible than, uh, anyone could possibly imagine to her. And in many ways that starts to change her character in ways that are not, it is not super, uh, positive.
0: Yeah. And, uh, but, but at least after this, uh, event at, uh, the witch's apartment, um, you do learn where crane is, uh, you get, you go back down to the pudding and pie strip club where crane is trying to force the girls there to, um, to, to reveal who really killed, uh, Faith in Lily.
1: Right, and, he was visiting Auntie Greenleaf because he thought he got a lead on an artifact that could help them talk. Because until this point, if you asked them directly about the murders or anything, they could not say anything. Yeah, they, they, they,
0: they, say they my specifically lips are sealed. Yeah, they specifically say my lips now are sealed. sealed. <laughs> and then, and then maybe part of another rhyme about why they can't talk. Yeah, and they then like, all have they all have ribbons around their neck. Everyone, every uh girl at this club. And uh, and um, Faith's body was found with the ribbon stuffed up her mouth, uh, somewhat horrifically. Yeah. Um, and so like, and, and, and it's, it's hinted at, it's more clear later, but these, the ribbons are what prevent them from talking and, and is a part of the magic
1: or the curses going on at the pudding and pie. And that's why Nerissa cleverly got around that by saying, you know, hire me, basically implying like, I'll give you the keys to the place where you need to go.
0: Yeah, but, but, but I can't tell you that exactly. this is, this is, uh, that about who Lily's client was or where she went. It's done in a way that I, that fits the story and is and definitely adds intrigue. Like I'm not, we're we're basically explaining plot points and story elements to this game, but I I, I can't un- undersell this. It's, it's 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 they do a really cool job with it. This is this is a cinematic, fun, high dr- high drama game. Uh, that is that I think equally sells the world and the mystery of the story.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: But uh, continuing on, you finally track down Ichabod Crane there. You you drag him out. You're about to arrest him. But then you're suddenly confronted by Tweedledee, Tweedledum, and the real mofo of the story, uh, uh, Bloody Mary, and the crooked man, Bloody Mary, from the urban legend of saying the name Bloody Mary in a dark in a in a dark room with a mirror three times, and the crooked man from the nursery rhyme about a crooked man uh, who walked a crooked mile and lived in a crooked house. Uh, the same namesake as the Agatha Christie short, uh, novel Crooked House, which is one of her, I don't know, one of her best books that doesn't have Hercule Poirot or Jane Marple in it. Um, <laughs> if you're uh, if you're into uh, classic murder mysteries, but. <laughs> Yeah, the the Crooked Man is a moneylender, a loan shark and crime boss. Uh, Bloody Mary is his uh, his number one hit woman slash assassin. And uh, he also uh, is the the boss of the Tweedles. Um, You only see him. Sorry, the muscle. Yeah, yeah. The Tweedles are his muscle. Uh, The uh, 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 I I guess so is Bloody Mary. But uh, the Crooked Man is just like the shadow of someone in a car. You uh, you fight the Tweedles. And Bloody Mary here, and get extremely badly injured. Oof, yeah. Um, Bloody Mary in particular is just is just ruthless and dangerous, and shoots uh, Bigby with a silver bullet. Uh, and and uh, that's the end of chapter three. And in, in chapter four, you basically investigate uh, the crooked man as tightly as you can by uh, by going to a pawn shop that he's known to use as a front and a butcher shop that is known to use as a front uh looking for information on the tweedles or bloody mary or or anyone um but uh Ed bigby is so badly injured that he's warned uh that further injury could mean his his death for good <laughs> uh, did, did you guys uh, um go to the butcher shop first or the pawn shop first cuz I, I went to the pawn shop first and that that's when my that that's when you know the the we should say the the Bronaissance of uh of bigby and the woodsman began
1: yep. <laughs> i did the same thing
2: I, I went to the uh, butcher shop first.
1: Yeah. This is
0: the same butcher who's friends with the baker and candlestick maker. Um, and, uh, and he indicates that his butcher butcher shop was doing well until uh, he had to, it was doing, it started doing poorly. He had to take a loan from the crooked man and then the crooked man used that leverage and the loan and its interest to force the butcher to use his shop as a front for his illegal activities including um, delivery of uh, glamour ingredients and spell ingredients on the black market. Uh, it, it's clear that the crooked man has a lot of power in the world of fables, but is also able to pay, to help fables in struggling businesses when the, the business office can't. Like the, And the accusation you hear over and over from the butcher and, uh, and Gren and Holly at, at right. their bar that uh, the, the people at the business office only care about the wealthier fables that are able to live in the Woodlands apartment complex and fables that are, uh, that are less well-off have to go to people like the Crooked Man in order just to survive
1: in New York City. Right, and in fact, like one of the opening um, scenes go, where Bigby is going in to the business office, he actually cuts Gren in line and Gren's the one who gets especially irritated about this and it's, kind of, it's like a running theme through the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a little unfair because I mean Bigby literally
2: works there. Yeah, I know think. I but, know I know but but, but I, I you could
1: look not, really
2: in the mood to be fair at that point, I don't. Yeah, know. exactly. Oh, that's that's right. really.
1: Because that's- Lily Lily had been missing for a week and he it, this is how many times reporting it. But I I I, I
0: was not very View Grand favorably there because it's like it's that's literally Bigby
1: just walking into his into right. in, into into the office for a job. But anyway, and that's um, actually but, also a real another really good hook though because you're like, why is he so pissed off? And you gradually learn like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. But the the haves and have nots in the world of fables are
0: uh, is a con- is a conflict here, and the have nots um have to turn to people like the crooked man, and the crooked man is a successful gangster and loan shark. In, in large part because he's exploiting the, the fables that are more uh, that are more downtrodden and it's, it's dark and scary. And Big B is starting to feel like the bad guy because he, know, he's really here just to solve this murder, but he is working for the local government that is not viewed well by the people he's trying to protect or a lot of the people he's trying to protect. Mm-hmm. As, especially when you look at the, some of the people that are more well-off like beauty and the beast, w- like they live in a nice apartment and have money from the old, old world. But they're struggling too, and but they're not like as good at helping themselves as as more hard. They're they're not really hardworking working class people, which puts which, which makes them look less favorable, and also is you know puts them in an awkward position. Like th- this game has gives complex backstories and motivations to almost every character present in a way that
2: I, I was really impressed by,
1: especially in the time frame.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it's not just that, like. <sighs> While understandably, the people who are the, the have nots are furious with the fable government at the same time, they don't have any resources to help them in a lot of cases like they are right. entirely, they are entirely reliant on handouts and donations from, from some the of their own, fables. Yes, like Bluebeard, who is a yeah. aristocrat and thinks he's better than other fables. Um, and because of that, snow is put into a variety of impossible situations. There's just mm-hmm. not the resources there to help people. Um, these it's really a fascinating uh, uh, it's not not incredibly in depth, but an interesting study of refugees, because that's what these fables are. They're refugees trying to survive in a world that is not their own. And in some cases they have to deal they have to resort to unsavory options just to survive. And I mean, Bigby's
0: role is essentially that of the entire police force. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, it's a very fraught conversation, like the Mm -hmm. role of police and government and, and, uh, and, and their wrongdoing versus righteousness. We don't need to go into all of that, but because Bigby is mostly a force of, of law and order and sometimes violence, he is either feared or looked upon very poorly by uh, the people that aren't uh, in, in the clear protection of the Woodlands apartments.
1: Right. And also his you know, his past comes up a lot too, because like traditionally people are terrified of them. He does some very violent, awful things. And in, in New York, in Fabletown, he's the sheriff.
0: There's a line very early in the game, I think in part one where he's talking to Colin, who's illegally crashing at Bigby's apartment. And you can tell that Bigby feels bad for what he did to Colin in the past. So he mostly uh, lets Colin do that. But uh, Bigby tells Colin, um, I'm to, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, like people, the fables came to New York, uh, and they all deserve a clean slate. And then and then Colin replies, "Well, well, you can't erase people's memories either." Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's it's all of this is handled very very smartly, and uh, and and I, I think just about every character that has more than a few lines of dialogue has either an interesting conflict or interesting motivation that that can be explored in the game. And, yeah. and this game is not very long. It's it's something like nine hours over right. 5
2: chapters, but it, it really goes places. Yeah. And I mean that was the first the last thing that Faith says to Bigby before uh before she walks away and the next time Bigby sees her she's she's dead is you're not as bad as everyone says. Yeah. So you're not you're not as big bad. You're not the big bad wolf that everyone says you are. And that yeah. really I think touches him.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, that endeared me to her immediately. It's like, uh, like I again, I I went into sort of um, dumb guy brain playing this game. It's like must protect nice girl, like so, like mm-hmm. over, over and over. But, uh, um, uh, part four ends with uh, you finally repairing the broken magic mirror because Ichabod broke the mirror, um, uh, while he um, at sort of during um, the end of chapter two.
1: Right. So and, he wouldn't get caught. And he stole a piece so that you yeah. couldn't track him.
0: But then you finally find a piece in his jacket in the butcher shop or at least that's where I found it. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe if you, uh, if you do it in a different order, it's, it's slightly different. No, I found I, it in the, I found it in the uh, pawn shop. Yeah, that makes sense. So, oh, so whichever, really? which, which, yep. so whichever place you find, you visit second is where, uh, uh, okay. is where Crane's coat coat is. That makes sense. But then, uh, you're able to repair the magic mirror, find the door to the crooked man's house. Um, and then finally go there to confront the crooked man. Uh, you, he's in there. He's a very spindly, creepy looking dude, but, uh. The Tweedles and the Jersey Devil, who's the the very mean, uh, violent pawn shop owner, yes. and and Georgie and Bloody Mary are all there, uh, like basically, basically st- like staring you down. It, 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 and uh, part five begins with a confrontation with the crooked man who is who has been outed as the game's main
1: antagonist by this point. Yeah, but he certainly doesn't see it that way.
0: Oh yeah, and and part five is basically just the co- just a series of confrontations. It's it's the shortest chapter by far. Uh, mm-hmm. You basically have a long conversation in there. Um, the uh, crooked man very clearly states that uh, that Georgie is the person that killed Lily and Faith, and uh, and that is is true uh, for the most part. And Georgie immediately denies it and says and says, "But you gave the order, boss." And then the crooked man's like, "No, I said you. I said for you to take care of it. I said nothing about you killing her." And and this. This is sort of going into the cricket man's uh, ethos a little bit. He's definitely a villain, definitely a, uh, a money lender and a manipulator, but he stays away, far enough away from all the violence that he doesn't see what uh, what he's doing as bad. And he does help enough people and and pay help them pay through their struggles that he almost certainly views himself as a force for good, even though, I, I mean, I don't think a single player of the game would agree with that necessarily. You have to fight your way out of that room eventually because it, it does break down into violence a little bit, especially with Georgie and the Tweedles and Jersey Devil all all ready to fight.
1: Yeah, ooh, it gets ugly. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, there's a chase scene. Uh, you chase Georgie into the strip club. Uh, Georgie has a stab wound done by accident from the uh, from that fight, but but uh, Bigby's not the one that uh, that stabbed him. I think I think it's one of the Tweedles that did it.
1: He like falls they're, they're like something yeah. happens and so they he yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's gross, but it, but in the strip club, he's there with uh with Vivian, who's who was one of the um one of the prostitutes that you've encountered multiple times throughout the game, uh and Vivian reveals what fable she is. She's the the girl with the ribbon from the old uh, scary stories to tell in the dark short stories, like like from a, a popular horror story where a girl with a ribbon falls in love with the boy she promises she makes she tells him never ever to untie the ribbon around her neck but then after they fall in love and get married um the, they the boy insists on untying her ribbon and when she does her head falls off so the the the, the thing going in basically the uh the secret baked in here is that Vivian's ribbon is the magic that, uh, that's, that creates the lips are sealed information spell. But if that ribbon is removed, the person is decapitated. And the way that both Lily and Faith were killed were their ribbons were taken off because they, uh, uh because they violated, um, some of the rules of the, uh, of, of, of the club and, and Georgie removed the ribbons on their necks, on uh the crooked man's orders which caused them to decapitate instantly and vivian uh basically georgie's dying vivian who cares for georgie despite all of this uh I- insists that the, way, the best way to resolve this is for the spell to be broken so she removes her own ribbon and and uh and dies and then you have the option of letting georgie sit there and and waste away to death or uh or just ki- killing him and putting him out of his uh mercy kill him out of put him out of his misery which I did, which is maybe the most violent decision I made in this game.
1: <laughs> it's it's tough because you you come out of a cutscene where there's just been so much like violence. It's hard to say okay, more. Yeah, but
2: I I totally walked away, and my my role playing justification <laughs> was that for the entire game, Big B. Has been fighting against every instinct that he has. Every instinct that Bigby has is to kill, to maim, to slice his way to uh, the to slice his way to the truth. But he's been resisting it and resisting it. So I had him walk <laughs> away with the mentality of like, I'm not a killer.
0: My role play was almost the opposite of that. Like I was resisting violence and and doing the minimum amount of real strong arming through this game. Right. Yeah. But, but at this point, I'm like, I'm finally here with the killer. I have I've solved the mystery it's not over yet but this is the person that killed those women and I and so like I you could view this as going past your breaking point or or like engaging in some justified violence for the first time and I and I did I did perform the mercy kill
1: it's it's interesting how that you could kind of justify that either way
0: yeah I don't don't think either Jono nor I is wrong this is uh, oh no like like, a big B is 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 troubled and I think both of those paths make sense
2: I wanted to suffer. And <laughs> I figured like I could walk away with my conscience clear and keep my keep my uh violent my my death free except for except for Bloody Mary. Um but that's we'll get to that in a second. But that yeah. that was self defense.
1: Can we yeah. make a quick aside for a second to talk about how some of the little, you know, Telltale is famous for these so and so we'll remember that.
0: Oh yeah. You yeah. know kind of movie- yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember when I was playing one of the Batman ones, and there's a big close-up on the Batmobile. I was thinking to myself, thinking to myself, the Batmobile will remember, remember that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this this game has a couple of those that, like, kind of hit me as especially hard, or like that I thought were funny, or kind of played with that convention a little bit. And I think there was one in the Trip Trap where, like, you can choose to sympathize with Gren a little bit or not, and then he's, I think. It's after the funeral, I think, and he's like taking medication and not doing well, and also wanting to drink because he wants to forget things. And you have this whole conversation with him, and then he goes to pass out. And Gren will not remember that.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> funny.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Gren and Holly really have a rough go of it in this game. And, uh, and, and, and when you talk to Holly, uh, about going through Faith's thing, I'm sorry, going through Lily's things, like she's, she's in like a medical. Near coma, uh, and and you, it, it's easy to sympathize with her, but you, you can tell how much she's, she's suffering, especially since her sister's funeral was uh, like ended in in unintended violence, and it's partially your fault or Bigby's fault. But uh, sticking to chapter five again, uh, before he dies, Georgie tells you where the crooked man's current hideout is. Uh, it's it's at a foundry slash factory. You go there, you fight Bloody Mary for the last time with a bunch of quick time events um a lot of holding Oof. down the w button a lot mm-hmm. of clicking around at uh, different mirror clones of her and the the fully transformed version of mary is scary looking it's a oh, it's boy. a demon a demon with glowing red eyes and features and who's uh covered in sharp in in sharp glass mirror shards
1: sticking up yeah Sti- and like, yeah like, it's all sorts of like kind of writing glowing red writing all over her body it's it, i mean it, it's not that challenging because
0: i mean if you just if you just click correctly enough times you'll beat her and and I don't even think there's much of a choice. You every outcome has you d- defeating Bloody Mary as long as you you know don't uh, fail the quick time events. But it's it's pretty scary and violent. <laughs> Not gonna I'm fast. lie. yeah, yeah.
1: And oh yeah. So sorry. The reason I mentioned that now is because there's I think there's one with Georgie that like I actually I walked away to And the way the game framed it was like you let him suffer, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess I did. Anyway. <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, and after that fight, you confront the crooked man again, but this time he's alone in, a, in an office in the factory and not surrounded by all of his goons. You have the choice of killing him right there or taking him in to, for a fair trial. Oh, uh, Snow White also made you promise
2: that you would bring him in alive. That's
0: right. Um, I, I brought him in alive. I'm not sure what else happens if you kill him, but I can't. I can't imagine that you're looked upon well for that.
2: I watched it on uh, YouTube uh, because I wanted to. I wanted to see what the various options are. Uh, and you have a lot of you have a lot of options to kill the crooked man uh, after this. But if you kill, so yeah, you you kill Bloody Mary, and then you go up and you meet the crooked man in the office, and he's pointing a gun with a silver bullet at you, and he says, "I want you to take me in because I want to say my piece. I want to talk to the people and have a trial because he clearly thinks that he can talk his way out of it." Right. And he says, like, I haven't killed anybody because technically he hasn't because he's a crime boss. He doesn't the, the classic crime boss thing, which is you don't say it's a classic. Will someone rid me of this meddlesome priest idea where you never say kill them. You say, will you please deal with this or will you please calm them down or something like that? Yeah, he so just, he's just needs to go, go away. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, he's far enough away from the street level violence that he can say that at a technical level he has not killed anyone e- even though that really the money and power behind all of the violence lies with him
2: yeah exactly so yeah you can kill him right there and take his body into the trial that they were about to hold and slam him down on the table with his neck th- uh, with his neck slit and oh, then uh, and then it, it kind of becomes a trial about uh, bigby's methods and snow's uh, ineffectiveness uh and then it sort of ends the same way with uh narissa showing up um so i'm assu- did all of us choose not to kill him yeah correct yes i i uh,
1: i took a slight variation of that path i think where i i like i refused his you know offer but then i didn't kill him i think i waited out the mm-hmm. option to hit him after that so i still ended up taking him in yeah, I ended up taking him in. I even took his
0: offer to um to take in Georgie at that the meeting at the beginning of chapter five, which Georgie did not respond well to. But I'm I'm not sure how that affected the end of the story. I ended up uh, I ended up taking him in non violently. Um, uh, but then at the trial, the crooked man starts to sway people to his side, saying that without like I'm I'm helping the people more than the government is. But then like Lawrence, who was alive for me. Up, speaks out against it and and brings up what happened to Faith. Uh, Holly spoke in my defense a little bit, saying that the crooked man's behind what happened to Lily. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I think I think being nice to them helps you at uh, throughout the game helps you at that trial. And mm-hmm. eventually, the entire uh, oh and and also um um Auntie Greenleaf is there. And if I think if you do not destroy her tree, she'll help. She'll mostly support you as well. And and by the end, everyone in the room was on Bigby's side, which makes me feel. Lucky that I at least took, made some of the right decisions le- leading up to that point, right. and then and then uh, and then the crooked man tries to escape with violence once and tries to throw you into the witching well, which is their you know uh, their version of a guillotine in the fables world. But I'm I eventually you know, uh, rest control away from him. You have the choice to kill him again there or throw him down the witching well, or, uh, find a way to imprison him. And I chose the last option because again, I was with the exception of mercy killing Georgie. I did, I did go walk the nonviolent path most of the time in this game. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I, I, uh, for me, well, Narissa shows up, uh, and actually kind of slams the book on him and says, yes, I was there. I heard you order Georgie. Ah, uh, to kill them. That, that um, happened
0: for me as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So, and then you know, you, you have these three choices. For me, so, the way I was role playing the character, Snow was in the room. There was literally no way that Big B could have killed him because that would have destroyed uh, whatever relationship he had with Snow. Um, the options, though, what did you choose, Hill?
1: Um, I transformed him. I yeah. Slided with anti-Greenleaf. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Imprison option, which is what
0: Greenleaf suggests, uh, ends up with him being transformed into a raven and uh, locked up in a cage for for presumably forevermore, yeah. uh, which, which I thought w- was a pretty good option. I mean, and then you go into a, a mostly optimistic series of endgame scenes. Uh, the, the Toad and TJ... Uh, need to go or end up going up to the farm much to their chagrin
1: i was so sad i gave them money yeah i gave did, them money it didn't work i gave them money for grammars and the, it didn't work out
0: anyway which is a little sad but uh but uh but tj is still a very good boy We're, we, we are we are in favor of tj in this house i'm afraid mm-hmm. yes
2: but, <laughs> but i mean it, it's sort of in character even with his fairy tale representation toad is not the most responsible of people no nope or yeah. fairy tale yeah. characters. So even if you give him money, I totally buy that he would have spent it on the <laughs> apartments rather than yes. what he said that he would. Um, that's my theory
0: as well. I think he spent the money on repairs of the apartments and thought he would be able to extend the, uh, his time on getting in glamor, but then the, but, uh, the last straw had already been, uh, had already been broken. So yep. the, uh, so, so it, you, there's a, a farewell scene where you wish uh, Toad and TJ a, a, a good time back off to the farm. There's a very amusing scene where we're cut with Colin walking into Bigby's apartment with a with a six pack. I got in just, <laughs> just a, a very funny image in my opinion. <laughs> I got yeah. in
1: so much trouble with Toad because Colin was not also on that truck to the farm. Yeah, I, I, uh, me too. But I, um, man,
0: I wanted to save both of them, but I think, but <laughs> I at, at this point, at this point, Toad, you're doing this to yourself.
2: Yeah, and that was a setup, too, because in the first very first issue, Colin is on the couch still, like 10 years later.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, he, he just would have escaped again anyway. Like, that was my justification. Oh, yeah, like, Colin would just come back. That's what Colin but, does.
0: I, I mean, I wanted to talk a lot, uh, hopefully not a half hour, about the final scene of this game, where uh, Nerissa says a final farewell to Big B. Um, Again, she's the Little Mermaid. She was a, a key informant in multiple times the game. Uh, But this is in broad daylight in front of the apartments. And um, she tells him that she did lie about the uh, uh, about the scene with the crooked man. She she d- did not see Georgie kill anyone, and did not see crooked man order Georgie to kill anyone. But she knew enough about what happened that her claiming to do so was enough to set the crooked man off at, at the trial. Um, and so Bigby's a little troubled by this. It's like, well, your your testimony was key, but I mean, I, I guess I guess the ends justify the means is sort of how he he feels about it. I. And but then she says goodbye to him with a key phrase, uh, you're not as bad as they say you are. And that causes Wolf to flash back that Nerissa seemed familiar to him the first time they met. And those words were the exact words that Faith said to him when uh when a- after they met for the first time. And of course, we know that Lily uh was glamoured to look like snow um when her uh, when her decapitated head was found. And so that's that has you being suspicious. Mm-hmm. Uh was this Narissa at all? Was Faith glamoured to look like Narissa, and then Narissa glamoured to look like Faith, and then were they switched did they switch places and Faith has been the person you've known as Narissa the whole time? Or possibly Narissa. Was glamoured to look like Faith at the beginning of the story, and she was the one attacked by the woodsman and saved by Bigby at the beginning. Yeah, and then and then the real Faith was murdered, and uh, and the per- but the person that you've known from the beginning as Faith was in fact Narissa. I think that no matter which of those is true, uh, Narissa slash Faith lied at the trial, and one was glamoring as the other at some point, and now so so the person that inadvertently set off the murders and escaped with their freedom was in fact Faith or Narissa, depending on your point of view here. Uh, So which do you think happened? And and what do you think of this this, uh, final call? Oh, and I should say, right before the credits roll, you have one final decision to make as Bigby. Do you let Narissa walk away? Or do you say, hold up a minute and go after her? Uh, You have the floor is yours.
1: I went after her, and I will admit the the first of those possibilities that crossed my mind was that Nerissa was glamour to look like Faith in the beginning. So, so I think So, so you too. think so?
0: You think it's the real Nerissa that's at the end here?
1: That was just like my my instinct, like the first of those two possibilities that I thought of. But then, thinking about it a little more, I was like, wait, there are other options that it could have it could have happened. I, I, it's like I, the ending of the Clue movie. Well,
2: it's it's a little bit like it. I mean, that's that's film noir. It's the classic scene at the end where the the Femme fatale. Femme fatale and yep. the uh, and the Seamus have a have a conversation. Everything's laid out, and it's left on a really uncertain note. Yep. Uh, with you know the the dame walking down the stairs, arrested by the police, while he's holding the Maltese Falcon. Um, but in this particular case, I think the only one that makes sense timeline wise, and just in terms of motivations of the character, is if Big B had Big has never actually met Faith. Um, the oh, like the person that he was interacting with the whole time was Narissa because otherwise Faith and Narissa would have had to have been glamoured as each other for some reason, um, and there's there's no reason why and like Georgie wouldn't have been that fooled. So I think what happened is, and this is just my theory, uh, for whatever reason, Narissa, uh, whatever reason, Faith was not in the mood to talk to the woodsman that night. So Faith. Uh, so uh, Nerissa glamoured herself to look like Faith to go off to the woodsman. And when she came back, uh, she found that Faith had been murdered. So yep. she reverted back to her real form and took Faith's head and put it on the uh, the doorstep.
0: I, you see, I think the reverse is true. I think that the Nerissa you've known the whole game really was Faith glamoured in disguise. And, and part of that is because um, I, I just think that Faith... Is someone who uh, like her relationship with Lawrence has fallen apart. She's limited by this curse with the ribbon around her neck. Her freedom is taking is being taken away from her. She was really driven to despair. So I think that she, maybe not maliciously, wanted uh, uh, Narissa or Lily to die. But I believe that she glamoured to switch places with Narissa, um, possibly after Narissa had already died. But she framed Narissa to to be killed by having the ribbon removed. And uh, and basically by lying at key points and helping Bigby at key points led to the takedown of Georgie and the crooked man. But the thing that makes me suspect that side and not that Narissa has been the the uh, femme fatale the whole time is that her fairy tale is that she disguised herself in a donkey skin to turn into a donkey to escape captivity. And so this is her just using a magic disguise again to get her happy ending
2: that's true the, the alternative could also be true as well where I think you know, I think
0: both are extremely fair but the but, but, little
2: mermaid transferred transformed her form as well to survive well I guess that she kind of well, got screwed I mean, over I mean, yeah, if we're yeah, not going for the Disney version of it she got screwed over hard
0: but, but well in, in both versions of the story she does make a deal with the sea witch to grow to grow legs but uh but whether her ending is tragically turning into sea foam like in Dragon Quest 11 or uh <laughs> or or getting or getting the uh the guy at the end like Dragon Quest 8 depend, de- depends on your uh on your interpretation. But I, I think that the, the femme fatale truly was either faith or Narissa. And depending on how you think the plot turned out, because it's, it's vague enough that I think both are fair choices, um, that it, it's one of them. And she got away with it, which I thought it was a cool ending. I, I chose to, to, I chose to go after her uh, at the end. I did as well. You don't really yep. see
2: anything. It's just yes. like a last
0: minute kind of throwaway choice. But it, it's a cool moment of you real, like realizing a few extra puzzle pieces uh, recontextualizing earlier scenes of the story and then, and then ending on, like, I I think that Bigby letting her walk or going after her are are also both justified, Mm -hmm. but, but it's, it was a cool way to end. And it was a a cool final stinger on the plot that I I personally had not seen coming.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. And I think it fits really well. It's, it's sort of implied um, that part of what got the girls in in trouble with Georgie and the Crooked Man in the first place is that they were kind of conniving, plotting a little bit, trying yeah, no, to make their way. Yes, to I, I think and Faith, free themselves.
0: Yes, Faith, Narissa, and Lily. I think were conspiring to free themselves. Something went wrong. Uh, then one of them sold uh, Faith. Either Faith sold Narissa out, or Narissa sold Faith out, which ended up with with her death and then lily uh, passed away because of uh, of a connected thing and um lo- and uh, like losing a picture of her and crane and then the survivor who depending on your int- interpretation is either narissa or faith managed to uh, help along the investigation to escalate the conflict and take down Port g and the crooked man and then escape to freedom but it was it it, it, it was a plan that went wrong and um and and the true femme fatale of the story is Again, depending on your interpretation, Nerissa or Faith. But I mean, we're discussing about this in, in such an animated way that I, <laughs> I, I that I think all three of us really liked this game. I mean, yep. I mean, I mean, listener, if you've been playing uh, listening to this without playing it, you've been spoiled on everything. But this game is dope. I it is uh, again either this or the second Batman game is my favorite Telltale game, and it's really worth it. It's it's uh, not exactly like the first half of Telltale's oeuvre, or a classic LucasArts or Sierra adventure game. But it, it, it's a very specific, story-driven, dialogue-driven game of its kind that walks the line between adventure game and visual novel. And I think that a lot of them are really good, and this is one of the
2: best ones. I mean, uh, uh, any disagreement from the from the rest of the panel? I'd like it a hell of a lot more than Back to the Future, I'll tell you that much. That's fair. Um, and I mean, I, I'm... I don't want to say I'm the world's biggest Back to the Future fan, but I am looking at a hardbacked poster of Back to the Future behind my desk, and I turn around, and there's my prop replica flux capacitor. Um, I am a
0: low-key Batman fanboy that owns three versions of the Batman animated series on DVD or Blu-ray <laughs> yes. in various uh, in various incarnations. And I thought the, the Batman Telltale games, I, I played both of them, were very good, and this is as good or better than them. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, this is a cool, unique setting that's much more niche than... Uh, Batman or The Walking Dead, that uh, but I think is is such a cool interpretation of noir and this setting and these characters that yeah, like of like noir
1: fairy tales. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm kind of excited for Wolf Among Us too. I mean, I I'm probably gonna wait for reviews first because I, I I don't know what the state of current Telltale is. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got to be
1: mindful of that. Yeah, but. exactly.
0: So I, I'm I'm gonna wait for reviews and check out, but I am tentatively excited because. The first one's so good that I'm naturally excited for the second one.
2: Yeah, I think that this is an exceptional uh, story. I mean, again, I love the comics. So it was the the joy of a prequel, I find, is it's not necessarily what's happening. It's watching a good writer hopefully move all the pieces into the place that is at the beginning of the original Mm -hmm. work. Um, So in terms of like Snow and Bigby's relationship and how close they were, and then resetting them back to a much more professional relationship that they were at at the beginning of the comic, that worked really well. Colin being in the the apartment worked really well. Everyone being off at the farm worked really well. Uh, Ichabod Crane being deposed. All of that worked. I was extraordinarily impressed by the uh, vocal acting. Yeah. Uh, especially by Big B, because although it was not an impression, there were moments where it was a very Humphrey Bogart esque, kind of like nasally kind of voice. Uh, and that really hit the right tone for me, because this was, it, it, it's a film noir. It's that, that was the style and that was the feel of it. Uh, it was a good old fashioned mystery, and Big B was a good old fashioned Seamus. So I think they achieved exactly what they wanted to with this game.
0: Yeah, uh, Bigby's voice which is very scratchy and gruff like really communicates that he's been that he's lived a hard life in a way that I think fits a a a, a film noir detective story beautifully and he's the you know the 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 Bogart or this or the Sam Spade or the uh or or, or the uh, what, what's Philip Marlowe Philip Marlowe uh, I, I was thinking of who uh, of Nick and Nora's last name um from from The Thin Man but it's, it's that's not important um but the like it, it fits film noir and the unique setting of fables really beautifully. And this makes me want to play a wolf among us, too, and read more of the fables comics, because again, I've only read the first, I think, 10 or 12 issues. However,
2: many are covered by the first two trade paperbacks. It gets it gets it. it. Oh, like I, most, oh I, I know it goes places like like most comic book series, especially long running comic book series. It does go off the rails at points and then gets back on the rails at points. But for the most part, I think I think it's an exceptional series.
1: One thing I also have to give them credit for is it's uh, really visually lively. Like right from the title screen where you get Bigby walking around in near darkness, smoking. And you get the silhouettes of the other characters kind of walking by him. And when one of the silhouettes crosses him, he kind of gets like the yellow wolf eyes as they pass. I don't know. It's just really visually cool. And I think it's a great... I think they interpreted the comic I mean I don't know much I actually haven't seen too much of the visual style on the comic but I think it, they did a good job of kind of bringing like a comic style into the game. Bigby looks a hell of
2: a lot more handsome than he does in the comics. <laughs> That's fair. And yeah, and this is not just a dark dreary
0: browns and grays no, game either. Like like th- that that opening bright. menu. Yeah, that opening menu is a vivid magenta. There's uh there's like vivid reds for blood and and uh, all kinds of colors at play at, at every scene. Um, th- this is not a dreary uh, uh, detective game. This there's there's like the the colors and characters really pop here.
1: Yeah, they they kind of employ some high contrast to yeah. accentuate things. So there are bright spots of color, but then sometimes kind of like more dreary backgrounds, and it uh, I think it looks great.
2: It's fascinating to me, too, that I feel that throughout the entire game, there were clearly this was being developed with the idea that there was going to be a a wolf among us, too. And I don't mean the one that was uh, I don't mean the one that was announced two years ago uh, or three years ago at this point. I mean, uh, like they were planning on releasing a a sequel very soon after the other because there are threads that are left hanging. Like, uh, I don't know if you two notice if you go to the Tweedles office. Um, And you open up their files. There are references in the files Mm -hmm. to a police detective who interviewed you at the beginning of the second uh, chapter. Yeah, she gets her
1: memory wiped. Like, doesn't Crane kind of bust you out? Yeah, Crane
2: busts you out and uh, everyone's memory is wiped. But she has a particularly extreme reaction to Mm -hmm. the memory wipe. Um, And she's referenced in the Tweedles books, and we don't know why. Uh, and there are a number of other little little moments where obviously they were planning on picking it up in the sequel. Yeah, now, and
1: other fables in their files, too, that we haven't met.
2: Oh, yeah. And I don't think, I have no idea whether or not those are going to be picked up in the new Wolf Among Us 2. Like, I don't, I've seen the trailer of it, which looks great. Uh, it's obviously being done uh, on a modern engine, but with the same graphic style. So it'll be a lot, I imagine that it'll look the same, but the shadows will be a lot smoother. Um, and same voice actors, uh, the plot in that one appears to be uh, Dorothy Gale in some kind of a in some kind of a house with uh, the Tin Woodsman and the Scarecrow. Um, incidentally, in the comic books, uh, Dorothy Gale is a notorious worldwide world famous assassin who specializes in killing uh, witches. <laughs> which is uh, which is yeah she kills the witches and she gets a taste for killing.
1: Oh
2: yeah, so does
0: she, be, I mean, she—I mean, does she murder all of them with houses
2: and water, or does do her means diversify a little bit? Her means diversify a p- little bit. Apparently, she got her first charge from dropping a house on the witch, and well, then yeah, the, yeah. and then oh, the water I, I was and then the water was like, oh yeah, this is what I'm good at. Uh, and then she develops her own <laughs> little her own little tactical team of uh, Lion, Tin, and uh, Scarecrow. Um, wow. Okay. So and she's right. the arch nemesis of Cinderella.
0: Huh. Uh, okay, I, I'm I'm trying to think of the exact right metaphor from the musical <laughs> Wicked for this, but I'm going to say that, that uh, she and her team are dancing through life.
2: Yes. So, okay. If, that should if, be the subtitle for The Wolf Among Us <laughs> <those> 2, Dancing <laughs>
0: Through Life. <laughs> either, okay, either, no, 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 have each chapter be a different song. So the first one's dancing through life, and then the second one, she's defying gravity. And then the third one, she's, uh, she's popular, let's say. But anyway, all right, if, if we're going through... <laughs> if we're going through the <laughs> musical oeuvre of uh <laughs> oh, can I can't think of? of Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth maybe it's time <laughs> to end the episode uh, uh listeners thank you so much for uh joining us through this journey through Telltale's The Wolf Among Us uh an adventure game I tremendously enjoyed I deliberately picked four games to play in October that I have never played before and so far it is two and a half winners because I am halfway through uh well let's say a, a a quarter of the way through Broken Age, the next game that we're playing uh, for October. After Broken Age, we're, we're um, doing the fourth half. I'm sorry. We are doing the fourth game in our Gilbert Wolf Schaefer Wolf series with The Quarry, a 2022 horror game where a bunch of camp counselors are locked in a uh, in, in a wilderness uh, with werewolves. Um, and I'm gonna be, that's going to be a semi-sequel to the episodes that Peter Triesenberg and I did of Until Dawn and Little Hope. But uh, a- after our autumn of adventure, um, that's we're going to hit episode 350. This is episode 347. Episode 350 is distressingly close. I am partway through writing it. I'm excited to record it. We will see what that happens. But that's going to be the first episode in November. The rest of November is going to be our month of Mass Effect. Three episodes de- each dedicated to Mass Effect's one, two, and three. Jono, you and I have already recorded uh, one of those. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, there. Um, so we're ahead of schedule there, and. Oh boy, has it been fun revisiting Mass Effect in the <laughs> in 2022 for me? Um, uh, that's going to be a very enthusiastic trio of podcasts.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, it's, it was my first time playing through them, so I just was delighted by them on every turn.
0: And and it was my first time playing them since Mass Effect 3 was brand new in 2012. So uh, it's been a, a lot of fun for the two of us. And uh, along with another panelist, you'll hear all about that in November. Uh, but listeners, if you have uh, questions or comments for us about Fables or The Wolf Among Us or Telltale or Episode 350 or Mass Effect, or wolves in general, the best way to contact us is to, e- is to email retro at rpgfan.com. You can also comment on RPG fans message boards, our Facebook page, RPG fan Com on Twitter, RPG fan Com on Instagram. We have a dedicated discord, a YouTube channel, a Twitch channel with something going on something like six days a week on Twitch. Uh, you can interact with RPG fan however you choose. There are many ways to do so. Another way to do so is to listen to our other podcasts. There's random encounter every two weeks hosted by you, Jono.
2: Yeah, we've uh, we've had some good episodes lately. This is going to be airing in uh beginning of October, is it? Middle of October. Middle of October. Okay. So by that point one of the last episodes we did would have been Hillary and I did an episode interviewing uh the author Aiden Mower of uh he wrote a book called Fight magic items and it's about the history of jrpgs and it went it was it was a good book i really enjoyed it and he'll you should have a, a review of that going up pretty soon right?
1: yes working on that now and it was a lot of fun talking to him and talking about the book
2: yeah and i think i think by the time this episode is up i think that the next episode of random is going to be uh, talking about the Yakuza feature that I was a co-writer of. That's up on the site right, right now. That,
0: that will either that will that episode will either be up or up very soon. But um, but that is uh, what October of Random Encounter looks like. Um, RPG fans' third podcast is Rhythm Encounter about RPG f- music. Uh, it's also every two weeks, but on the Mondays that Random Encounter doesn't drop. And in October um, we are doing one episode close to Halloween on the Castlevania series I we have not recorded that episode yet but I know it's coming and I'm really excited to talk about that one because if Castlevania is one of is one of my pet games. I know I know plenty. I I can talk about Castlevania music very easily at length. Um, but also, there's a Masafumi Takada episode. Yep, that's um, that, next. That's, that's that's what the first one in October was that I couldn't remember. And that's the uh, uh, composer behind Rampa, Digimon Cyber Sleuth, The Silver Case, and a bunch of other excellent games. Um, I I really like his uh, his sort of techno inspired music in Danganronpa. So I'm really looking forward to that episode. Uh, but um, that's what's going on in Random and Rhythm Encounter. Uh, there's, a, there's other way, things that RPG Fan has for you, including a recently introduced RPG Fan shop. If you go to RPGFan.com shop, you can find our storefront hosted by tpublic.com, where you can get a variety of RPG Fan emblazoned merch. Uh, I got a shirt and, uh, and a phone case, but there's much more there as well with more designs to come in the future. You can interact with RPG Fan in all those many of ways, including review our um, Random Encounter or Retro Encounter or Rhythm Encounter on Apple, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or however you are listening to us uh, please give us feedback as you see fit um, but if you want to give us feedback as individuals not as a podcast let's tell you the listener how to
2: reach us the panelists starting with you Jono uh, you can find me at jlogan at rpgfan.com or you can find me on Twitter at Jono underscore Logan now Hillary
1: All right. uh, best way to reach me for RPG fan stuff is discord I'm EP Fire there
0: and for me the best way to find me is on twitter I am at the real monsoon most of the time at evoca for dogs other times and on RPG fans discord I am at monsoon mike Uh, so oh boy uh, I still have a lot of broken age to play but so far we are two for two on me having a blast playing adventure games in October Uh, let's (laughs) let's move on to the next one sounds good
1: very excited
0: Jono Hillary and listeners thank you good night
1: and good luck